Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of the Dummies of Wrestling WWE Money in the Bank Edition. Wow, it's finished, it's over. Money in the Bank for 2023 is done and dusted. Overall thoughts, just quickly, not the winners I wanted, but overall, a decent show. Not the best, not the greatest or anything like that. I do have some nitpicks with it, but overall, there were some interesting moments, there were some great matches, and I had a decent time watching it. That's my overall thoughts, goodbye. But anyway, I am here with my thoughts and my review on WWE Money in the Bank, coming to us from the OT Arena in London, England, and um, I've got my thoughts on that, and we have to do the prediction results. As you guys know, or if you don't know, if it's your first time listening, there is a war going on on this podcast between my group, the NWO, versus some rejects calling themselves the Bullet Club Old, and this war is getting serious because the Bullet Club people thought they um they, they're trying to pin me down and take my championship off me. I am the prediction champion, the Dummies of Wrestling champion. But am I still? After Money in the Bank, am I still champion? That's the, probably the biggest reason most people are listening right now to find out if I am still champion or not. I will give you those results at the end of this episode, but we have a lot to talk about, man. We have a Money in the Bank review to talk about, and I watched this live. Successfully got up in time. It was 5 a.m. It started here in Australia, and I got up in time to watch it. Uh, had some TV trouble to start off with, which, of course, when you, when you want to watch something and it's on, of course, the TV fucks up at the, uh, the time you want to watch it. But I I got it working and I got a chance to watch it live in peace without my children running around. So that was great. Great success for me right here. But money in the bank, man. We start off. And one of the questions on the scorecard was, what is the opening match? Uh, a lot of people had different different picks. Um, we Some people said that Cody versus Dominic Mysterio was the opening. Some people said the women's money in the bank was the opening. But a lot of people said the men's money in the bank would be the one to open it, including myself. Voila. Uh, but that's the match that started this. And I think they like to put the men's or the women's money in the bank matches on first. That way it gives you... Um, some thought on is someone going to cash in tonight on the on the event, and um, that's the reason why I think I think honestly it's a good move to put one of the one of the money in the bank matches on first. But we got the men's money in the bank match, which included Santa, Santos Escobar, Ricochet, uh, Butch, L.A. Knight, Damian Priest, Logan Paul, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Pretty solid matchup. I will got to, I will have to say between the competitors, pretty solid. I liked this arrangement of superstars because none of them have held championship gold, well, world title championship gold in their careers. And look, I said on the episode previously my predictions that I thought this match would be between two people, and that would be LA Knight and um, Logan Paul. But according to the scorecards and according to what people gave me, there was three. There was three people that everyone picked, and that was, of course, LA Knight, that was Logan Paul, and some people picked Damian Priest to win, which, according to rumors... Before the event happened, I heard this a couple of days before, and I didn't want to believe it, but I should have listened to those rumors. Uh, the rumors were that Damian Priest was going to win the Money in the Bank match, and the rumors also said, which didn't actually turn out to be true, the rumors actually said that Finn Balor was going to beat Seth Baby Teeth Rollins to win the championship, and then Damian Priest was going to cash in on Finn Balor. So half of those half of those rumors came true with Damian Priest winning the money in the bank which in my opinion 
was the biggest disappointment for me in the night. LA Knight, let's talk about him for a second. This dude is fucking over, man. I'm digging him. I'm digging everything about him. And a lot of people are calling him the white rock, the white version of the rock. A lot of people are comparing him to Stone Cold Steve Austin. I see similarities to that, but at the same time, he's LA Knight. He's his own person. And I'm digging him. I'm digging him on the mic. Yeah, I'm digging all that shit. His theme music is fucking great. I've been listening to it all week. I dig his theme music, man. It is generic, but it's got this groove to it that's really, really cool. Fuck it. I'll play it at the end of this episode. I just dig his theme music. Um, so I, I picked LA Knight to win. And a lot of other people picked Logan Paul to win, which was... What I was fearing for the most, to be honest, I was really scared that Logan Paul was actually going to get the win here, which would have made sense. Honestly, if you think about it, for publicity, it would have made so much sense for WWE to put that uh, briefcase around Logan Paul, because Logan Paul is known to so many other people outside of the wrestling world that it would have made sense putting him on the briefcase. He has his own YouTube show, obviously. He has his own podcast, all these other different things. And he could do all those things while carrying the briefcase. It shows so much publicity to different people that aren't fans of WWE or wrestling. So it would have made sense. I would have understood why they did it if it was Logan Paul. But quite honestly, man, I did not see Damian Priest winning this. And I'm not mad at it, but I really wanted LA Knight to win. I really did. So I was a, I was a little disappointed with that. Um, so going to the scorecard for this show with the money in the bank, I um, I, I kind of um, explained how it was working on the last show, but I don't think many people really understood what I was saying. So let me, let me explain it to you again. So the men's due to the scorecard where people give in their predictions, the men's money in the bank match was its own entity was its own scorecard entity, right? So the men's money in the bank match does not, um, overall include in the total tallies. The men's money in the bank match gave a person to win the money in the bank briefcase, quote unquote. The money in the brief, the money in the briefcase is like a metaphor for two extra points. So that's what it means. And those two extra points to whoever won that can be used at any given time, much like the money in the bank briefcase. So let's let's quickly go to the scores of who won the money in the bank briefcase. And I've got the scores here of of it all. The score was out of eight. The score was out of eight. So I'll go down from uh, the lowest, the, the least amount of points to the winner. So. Out of eight, coming in last, we've got a tie between Scott Crawford, stupid board club old loser, versus my boy, NWO represent, Jordy Van Vuklis, with a score of one. You only got one question right. And that's fine, because coming in next with a score of two is a tie between uh, Paul Lindsay and myself. We we both only got two right. This this fucking money in the bank was hard to pick, I gotta, I gotta admit. Um, coming in third with a three-way tie, we have three out of eight. Doninelli, uh, Alan Chacha, my NWO comrade, and Elsie Barnett. And coming in, winning the Money in the Bank briefcase with a total score of four out of eight was Zach fucking Davis. Zach Davis, my little brother who betrayed me and put a put a steak knife in the back of my heart and joined the Bullet Club old is now the Money in the Bank briefcase holder. Which means, Zach, you can hold, you can, you can, you can tell me when you want to use your two points in any pay-per-view from now until Money in the Bank next year. That's how it works. So I've already contacted Zach. Zach knows he won and he understands the rules. Zach has, well, actually, I'll save that for last. 
So, the Money in the Bank match. Let's talk about my thoughts here. LA Knight comes out to an amazing pop. He is over as fuck. Um, Paul, Logan Paul does some cool shit, like uh, frog splash onto, onto Damian Priest through a uh, ladder. The crowd starts chanting, you still suck, after Paul does cool shit, which I thought was great. Um, this was kind of kind of lackluster. I'm not going to lie, man. It, it was a good match. It was fun to watch. But I feel, I feel the Money in the Bank matches, the men's anyway, they're getting very short and not as crazy. And I mean, I, I think we're getting to a point now as wrestling fans where we've kind of seen everything there is to see with AEW doing just insane amounts of shit, WWE doing insane. It's very rare we get something new and interesting. I will admit there was something new and interesting in the women's Money in the Bank match. But for the men's, I just found the match short and at times lackluster. Overall, I still enjoyed this match. I do. I, I give it a three and a half stars. And um, I'm happy with it. It could have gone so much worse. I mean, if Logan Paul won, I would have been so much more disappointed. But um, overall... <laughs> It just it wasn't the best Money in the Bank match I've seen. And I understand that we're probably not going to get the best Money in the Bank match we've seen again. Because it's probably already been done. But, I don't know. I was expecting a little more. That's just my opinion. I'm glad Damien Priest won. Congratulations. At the same time, I don't know if I see Damien Priest holding the company. Being up there with the top. You know, he still seems like a mid-carder to me. And I get it. He can hold that briefcase for a long, long time. But at the same time, unless he loses, I can't really envision him with the world championship. I don't know. I, I said that about Daniel Bryan. I said that about Edge. And look at those two people. And I will still continue to say that about Cody fucking Rhodes. Even if he does, sorry, even when he does win the world championship, I still don't see him as a world champion as world champion material. So Damian Priest, I mean, he's a better pick than Cody Rhodes. So let's give him that. Applause. All right, next match, we've got the Women's Tag Team Championship. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez in a I don't give a fuck about this match. And even though some interesting development happened in this match, I still don't care. Why? Because of Ronda Rousey. Ronda Drowsy. Thank you, JD from New York. But um, I don't give a fuck about Ronda Rousey. I really don't. She bores the shit out of me. She just looks ungrateful. She doesn't look like she wants to be there. And I hope that her SummerSlam match with Shayna Baszler is kind of her her done thing, her done deal. I don't care about Ronda Rousey anymore. She's boring to watch. I get it. She was this fucking big fish in a small little pond down in UFC. But baby, this is WWE. This is the big leagues, all right? <laughs> uh, I don't care about Ronda Rousey. Sometimes you got to make yourself laugh, you know? No one else is going to do it for you. Well, I'm gonna, what, Scott Crawford's going to make me laugh? Pff, come on. Um, so, Shayna Baszler, for some fucking weird reason, in the middle of the match, just attacks Ronda Rousey. And I'm sure we'll get an explanation. Actually, I'm not sure we will. Because, I mean, Brock Lesnar still hasn't explained why he attacked Cody fucking after WrestleMania. What was that, four months ago now? But maybe it's jealousy. I don't know. I'm going to assume that it's jealousy. But why? <laughs> this is dumb. This is dumb. For In my opinion, it's stupid. Like... Why did Shayna Baszler attack Ronda Rousey during the match? I would understand it more if maybe Liv Morgan got a quick roll-up on Ronda Rousey and then beat her, and then Shayna was like, fuck this bitch, and attacks her. I would understand that more, but during the match, I don't get it. I really don't. And I'm sure they're, they're trying to keep Ronda Rousey looking, um, looking tough. 
because the only way you can beat her is by having her tag team partner attack her. I just don't understand it. So this match wasn't bad. Liv Morgan is good in the ring, as is Raquel Rodriguez. So it wasn't a bad match, but it's still a Ronda Rousey match. So for that, I'm giving it a two and a half stars. I can't do any higher with a Ronda Rousey match unless she does something to blow me away. I will admit, Ronda Rousey, she had this M sticker on her head. And if you know anything about Dragon Ball Z, it was the M for Majin Buu. If you know what Dragon Ball Z is, you know what I'm talking about. But I thought that was cool. It's so much better than her stupid over-the-top eye makeup that she uses all the time. I'm happy that she went with the M instead. Obviously, it's a reference to Dragon Ball Z. Um, but yeah, cool. Next match. Oh, before the next match, we get a, Tom, a fucking Tom Cruise commercial for Mission Impossible. Yay! And if my co-star was here, my co uh, my co-host fucking mushroom, you know exactly what he'd be saying, and I'm really glad he's not here, because I don't have to listen to that bullshit about Tom Cruise doing his own fucking stunts, whoop-de-doo, let's move on, next match, we've got the Intercontinental Championship between Gunther, Gunther, and Matt Riddle, um, and I'll be honest, man, I'm not really a fan of Matt Riddle, I find him too dopey, um, and I've never liked him, because before joining the main roster, he would always go to Twitter and just give shit to other superstars that are a lot more popular and bigger than him, namely Bill Goldberg. So I never liked Riddle from the start. Fuck him. What have you done? You've been in UFC? Once again, Big Fish, Tiny Pond. You're in the WWE now. Um, Gunther comes out how he always comes out. He's got Imperium, and I, and I apologize. I can't remember fucking Imperium's names. Vinci. I, I Yeah, I cannot remember their goddamn names. But Gunther's intro is... <laughs> it makes me laugh because the dude who's doing the intro, and I, once again, I apologize. I cannot remember his name. Uh, the dude that's doing the intro going, ladies and gentlemen... When he gets to the point, and, and I've heard a few people laugh at this, and I've always thought about it, but I was always too scared to say something because everything's B PC now, and you can't say it, but fuck it, I'm going to. He sounds, like, simple when he <laughs> when he introduces Gunther, when he goes, Duh! Ring General! It sounds like he's, like... <sighs> If you guys know that that episode in South Park where Cartman basically does a parody of The Ringer and he um, pretends to be retarded and he just walks around going, duh, duh. <laughs> it sounds like that. So it makes me laugh every time. I know I'm going to get in shit for saying that, but whatever. Sue me. Fucking the dummies brand tried to sue me. Look at that. That turned out. Um, <laughs> I'm going to roll today. Uh, IC Championship. Overall, this match was fine. This match was exactly what I thought it was going to be. I am a little disappointed that we didn't get any uh, interference at all. And I should have picked up on that because Gunther's matches never have interference. If you look back, he never has anyone come to the ring. He never does. So, should have picked up on that. Really, the only th interesting thing about this match is the ending. Because after it was all said and done, after Riddle fucking lost, Drew McIntyre makes his triumphant return and challenges, well, pretty much challenges Gunther for the IC title at SummerSlam. That's basically confirmed. And I'm going to say it right here, right now. And I'm not the first one saying it. I've already seen it all over Twitter and Facebook. But as soon as he came out, we all knew it was going to happen. Drew McIntyre is going to be the one to defeat Gunther for the IC Championship. And I'm okay with that. I'm fine with it. Gunther has had the IC Championship for over a year. And it, it'll be good to see him do something else. I could see Gunther being world champion. I could see that. So, mark it down, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be doing that match come SummerSlam. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre. It's basically... Um, pencil to ped. I'm booking in 
Drew McIntyre to win that match. Unless something else happens. But right now, Drew McIntyre is going to be the one to defeat Gunther for the IC Championship. This match was fine. Honestly, I give it three stars. It was a good match. Didn't blow me away, though. Next match, we've got Dominic Mysterio versus Cody Rhodes. I heard a lot of rumors waking up. Well, I didn't hear. I read a lot of rumors waking up this morning. I went on my phone, onto Facebook, searched up some wrestling news before Money in the Bank started, and there were a lot of outlets that were saying Dominic and Cody Rhodes will be the main event for Money in the Bank. And then Donna Nelly messaged me, gave me his predictions, and he put Dominic and Cody Rhodes will be the main event. And I started thinking, what the fuck? Why, why, why the fuck is this going to main event? Obviously, something big's going to happen. Brock Lesnar comes back, but then I'm thinking, so? Brock Lesnar comes back all the time. Why is that main event worthy? Maybe there must be something big happening in this match. Nope. Nothing. This match was so fucking... This is my biggest disappointment, this match here. I'm sorry, man. Cody does not deserve this fucking win. This was a... This was a Raw or a SmackDown match. That's all it was. The only reason this match was on the card was to give Cody a pay-per-view win. But you know who who would have been better with that win? Dominic Mysterio. Like him or hate him, the dude is good. He gets fucking heat. He's good in the ring. I'm digging Dominic Mysterio, man. I really am. I think he's doing a phenomenal job, but he could have really used that win so much more than lackluster Rhodes. Why is Cody Rhodes so fucking popular? He's literally a child's joke. He came out on Raw last week and quoted Cat in the Hat. Like, this is the dude that you want to be champion. This is the dude that you want to beat Roman Reigns for the Undisputed Championship. Is this the dude? The guy with the most boring theme music, and I'm sorry, yes, it's boring. It's not good. It's not a good song. I'm I'm sorry if I'm crushing your dreams right, right now, but Cody Rhodes fucking, well, is not good. It's not a good song. It's boring as fuck. Everything about Cody Rhodes is boring as fuck. Even his stupid little neck tattoo. And I've got nothing against neck tattoos. I've got two myself. But Jesus Christ, every I fucking cannot stand Cody fucking Rhodes. This dude pisses me off so much. You know, the only person that Cody Rhodes is better at is Pat McAfee. No one is worse than Pat McAfee. But Cody Rhodes is the most boring, generic. He's literally Hogan. Back when Hogan was boring. You know, before Hogan joined the NWO, Hogan was stale and boring. That's Cody. Cody's just like, yeah, I'm American. And that's my gimmick. And I'm your American hero. I'm sorry, people in America. If Cody Rhodes is your American hero, your country sucks. I'm sorry, man. Get fucking a better hero. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Chuck Norris would be a better hero than fucking Cody Rhodes. I love, I love you American people. I, uh, I have many, many, many friends that live in the United States of America. But Jesus Christ, Cody Rhodes. Whoa. I can't fucking stand him. <laughs> All right, rant over. Before we get into this match, I noticed something in the crowd. Something, something green in the crowd. And I saw it, I'm like, no way. No way. We have green shirt dude in the fucking crowd in the same seat. The dude flew from America to England to get the same seat. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I want to get, I want to listen to a podcast where this guy is and he just unveils all the secrets. If you don't know who I'm talking about, there's this dude in, in the crowd in like almost every big event, AEW, WWE, every big event, and he's always sitting front row center in front of the hard camera. You can't miss him. He's a dude wearing a, 
a bright green shirt. I think it's got a smiley face on it. And he usually wears a hat. He's got a little chin goatee. And he's always in the same fucking seats. I just want to know what this dude does for a living or how he gets seats. That's all I want to know. Is he... Is this his life? He just saves constantly and buys the same seat? Like, how do you do that? How do you get the same seat every single event? It blows my mind. I'm sorry. It's just crazy to me. Maybe he knows someone backstage that reserves that seat or something. Maybe he's Vince McMahon's, I don't know, legitimate lost child. I don't know. Whatever. So Dominic Mysterio comes out to the ring wearing fucking Nerf bullets. Uh, thank you, Rob Hungy, for that joke. That was good. Um, the match, the match wasn't bad. And I'm giving total credit to Dominic Mysterio here, but I couldn't focus on this match because Rhea Ripley was standing ringside and her chest is just so nice. She could easily be in the NWO because she is too sweet. But Rhea, Rhea Ripley, man, Jesus Christ, Australia has some great wonders. I mean, Uluru, the Harbour Bridge, the Opera House, and Rhea Ripley's chest. My God, it is beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful sight. But Rhea Ripley interferes. I had Brock Lesnar interfering because I thought, why else is this match on the card? If not for Brock Lesnar coming out and setting up their SummerSlam match. Nope, no Brock Lesnar. Even though the rumors said that Brock Lesnar was spotted walking around London, ah, uh, bullshit. Because if he was, then I don't know why. (laughs) But look, man, I've said my piece with this match. I do not agree with the winner. I do not agree with the the match. I don't agree with Cody fucking Rhodes. I don't care what your father said. I don't care what you want to talk about, whatever. This match was a three stars. I'll give it that credit. I will be nice and I'll say it was a decent match. Cody can go in the ring. He can. I'll give him some prop. He can go. But at the same time, he's very much a five moves of doom. John Cena ripoff. But he can move. Everything everything else about him sucks. Alright. Then we go to a commercial. And we come back. And I'm like, alright. What match is on next? Maybe the money, the uh, women's money in the bank. Maybe we've got the bloodline match next. Nope. The music hits. And to the shock of all. John Cena? What? I'm guessing John Cena's filming a movie over in London and uh, was just like, hey, uh, wouldn't mind seeing everyone. And then he came to the arena and they're like, hey, hey, do you, John, do you want to do something and pop the crowd? And John's like, yeah, sure. Where's my gear? Oh, the merch table is just over there. Um, yeah, that was a, a shock. And John Cena comes out and he starts talking about how much the fans, <clears throat> how much the fans mean to him. And I was talking to Robert Hungry while while doing this, while watching this segment, and and, and Rob and me, we kind of thought the same thing. Rob said it earlier. How long is this going to go for? Because it kind of just kept going. It was like they were making up for time. It was like that. It was like something was meant to happen at the end of Dominic versus Cody Rhodes. And whoever was meant to come out, (coughs) Brock Lesnar, didn't. So it was like they were making up for lost time. And John Cena just happened to be there. And they quickly grabbed him and said, hey, go do something. (laughs) And John Cena comes out and uh, teases, teases England about having WrestleMania over there. Oh, John, why would you rile them up like that? They're never going to take WrestleMania out of the States. No. With that being said, WrestleMania in Australia does seem pretty nice. In saying that, John Cena is talking about a lot of bullshit and out walks Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller, who hails from New South Wales, Australia, where I'm from, and Elsie is from, and Paul Lindsay's from, and Zach Davis is from. We're all from New South Wales. So it was cool. It was cool seeing a representative from our state coming face to face with John Cena, the biggest wrestling hero since Hogan. 
Oh no, sorry, since Stone Cold. But um, yeah, that that was a, that was a big pop. I used to watch Grayson Waller, who was named back in Australia. His name was Maddie Wahlberg back here in Australia. I used to watch him wrestle um, in little dank areas around um, New South Wales. He he um he used to wrestle with one of my best friends who's uh, also a professional wrestler. He goes by the name of Mick Moretti. Elsie and um, everyone else and Paul and Zach know who Mick Moretti is. Hopefully, I'll get a uh, little interview with Mick Moretti. He's uh, he's a local wrestler around here, but he is really, really good and has wrestled countless names, Joey Janela, heaps of different people. So I might get him on the podcast one day if, uh, if we can ever arrange a time, which is getting hard. But... um. Yeah, it was cool to see Matt Wahlberg, a.k.a. now Grayson Waller, in the ring with John Cena and seeing how far he has come. Um, There's a lot of people that don't like his character, and I get it. I get it, because this here, his interaction with John Cena was... It it, it got a little stale. I'm not going to lie. It got a little stale towards the end. But... Grayson Waller was putting over Australia pretty hard, but then England and John Cena were kind of burying Australia, and fuck you, England, fuck you, Cena. Why can't why can't Australia have WrestleMania, huh? Sure, there's probably 12 million more wrestling fans in the UK compared to here. But still, why can't we have WrestleMania? Hell, why can't we have a Raw? Why can't we have a SmackDown? Why is everything given to the UK? Why is everything given to the uh, Puerto Rico? Why can't we have something for once? This is why I'm a fucking heel. Because WWE don't acknowledge us like we should. So you know what? I had to grip my teeth and make my own fucking organization. And that's why I'm the leader of the NWO. You're welcome. So then the next match, we've got the women's money in the bank match between heaps of different chicks. I don't fucking know. Uh, we got Bailey, we got EO Sky, we got Trish Stratus, we got Zoe Stark, we got Becky Lynch, and that's five. I know I'm missing someone. I know I'm missing someone. Uh, now, now I fucking. I'm sorry, guys. I know I'm gonna. Piss people! People are screaming at me right now, um, telling me who the other who the other girl was, and I can't think. It was a Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, Zoe Stark, Bailey, Eo, and and oh, hurry up, Wikipedia! Here we're going. We're going. Oh, Zelina Vega. That's right. How how do I forget those tits? I mean. That girl. Um, all right, so women's money in the bank match. So, <laughs> the greatest thing to ever happen in <laughs> in the history of WWE happened in this match. Bailey comes out first, and the ring announcer, I cannot remember her name, says, representing the Judgment Day. And the whole crowd kind of went silent and went, what, what? <laughs> so, I'm surprised that you fucked up chant didn't start. So Bailey, representing the Judgment Day, came out first, and then all the rest of the girls came out first. The crowd starts singing to Bailey. You know that popular song from the early thousands? Hey, hey, Bailey! Ooh, ah, I wanna know. Will you be my girl? They they start singing that over and over, and Bailey with. No break in character, just <laughs> looks at them and yells, shut up. That was fucking great. I thought that was great. There was no smile on her face or anything like that. I thought that was really cool. So this was a pretty hard-hitting match, man. Uh, Becky Lynch manhandles slams Trish Stratus onto a, a ladder. Then we got a um, kind of a sunset flip powerbomb from Zelina. Or no, was it to Zelina? Well, someone, someone did a sunset flip powerbomb from the top ladder to the um to the bottom ladder, which I thought was really nice. It was Zelina and maybe Zoe. Yeah, Zoe Stark. Yeah. Um, and then we got handcuffs introduced in the to, into this match, and they were never used as a weapon. So there was no weapons, no other weapons besides ladders introduced in the women's match. Um, but 
what I thought was really cool about this match was the handcuff between Becky Lynch and Bailey with EO getting the win on this match. I thought that was really cool. I've never seen that before. I thought that was an ingenious way to stop those girls pulling EO Sky. Something happened in this match. Something happened in this match on the commentary um, side. And I'm just going to try and pull it up. Wade Barrett said something interesting in in the commentary. Um, and I'm just going to pull it up. Give me one second. Um, Alright, here it is. It might be a little hard to hear, but I'll say what he said afterwards. But this is when EO was climbing the ladder to win the briefcase. Listen to Wade Barrett. Coming up now. Come on. Don't be scared. Oh, come on, you motherfucker. It's a little hard to hear, but when Eo <laughs> Sky handcuffs Bailey, Wade Barrett yells, That's your own damage control team leader, you treacherous cunt. <laughs> and they didn't bleep it. I thought that was great. You can't really hear him. Maybe you couldn't that recording. I had to listen to it to, to a few times. But Wade Barrett, Jesus, sounding like a typical Australian there. So EO Sky gets the win, and she is now the she is now Mrs. Money in the Bank. Bravo, EO Sky. She was the right one. Quite honestly, after I did my scorecard, I started to think. I started to think long and hard, and I thought, fuck. Maybe I should change my pick before it's too late because there was a part of me that I thought that Trish Stratus was going to win. And that would kind of escalate her and Becky Lynch rivalry. I'm so glad I didn't change. I stuck with my guns. I stuck with Eos Guy. But at one point, I was really tempted to change my pick. But here we are. Eos Guy wins it. So good match. I give it a 3.75 stars. That's right. A little bit more than the guys. On to the World Heavyweight Championship. Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. We've got, we got Finn Balor coming out with a cool purple-black mask. That was cool. And then Seth Rollins comes out. And like the crowd's just going, doing his singing song. And Seth's coming out. And he's like, <laughs> Look at my baby teeth. Hey, I'm Seth freaking Rollins. <laughs> and everyone in the crowd's just going crazy for his song. And I'm just sitting on the couch going, Jesus Christ. I think he's fixed up his teeth. I noticed it. I was looking closely today. But if you go back, I'm just going to do it now while I'm recording this because I, I want to kind of have proof. Back in like uh, years ago, he smiled once and his teeth were fucking gross. Like they were all, they, they look like children teeth. Um, <laughs> And I'm not going to be able to find the fucking picture now. But yeah, I remember them really looking just gross. So ever since then, and uh, until the um, end of time, Seth Rollins are always going to be known as Baby Teeth for me. And he's always... Ah, oh man. I want to like Seth Rollins so much. I really do. Because he's really, really good in the ring. But I, I fucking can't stand his stupid fucking laugh when he comes out of the ring and... <laughs> I sound like a fucking South Park character when I do it, but that's honestly what he sounds like. It's annoying. Stop it, Sethy. Stop. So Seth starts pandering to the crowd and they're singing his song and it goes on forever. And it got to the point where I'm like, shut up. I fucking, I'm sick. I'm sick of his song. There was a band that did like a cover of his song. And they added vocals to it. And it was like, it was really fucking cool. And Seth Rollins acknowledged it 
saying that like the song's really cool, but no, or something like that. And I'm guessing it's because WWE can't for some weird reason. But can we up? I know they won't because the crowd fucking chants it now. But can we update his theme music? It's boring. Like it's nothing compared to Cody Rhodes. But it's just I'm I'm over the fucking whoa singing shit. Stop it. So. This was a good match. This was, this was a decent match. I will say that. Um, really back and forth a lot of the time. And you, you knew going in that this was going to be a good match. And because of Damian Priest winning the briefcase, I thought, oh, shit. Is Finn going to win this? Uh, he does not. He does not win this. Um... Seth Rollins retains the championship with no cash in. They teased a cash in from Damian Priest. They also teased Break It Up from Ju- Judgment Day. So I'll I'll be interested to see that how that develops on Raw. My predictions on Judgment Day is that here's I'm I'm gonna do a bit of storyline development right now for you guys and and if this comes to fruition if this comes true you can all praise your NWO leader me and acknowledge me so here's what I think is gonna happen come raw this coming week judgment day are all gonna be in the ring and Finn and Damien are going to have some heavy words to each other. Finn's going to be like, well, why did you cross me? I can't do an Irish accent. <laughs> I sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. Finn's going to be like, why did you try and cash in? Why did you, you were the one that screwed up this match? And they're going to kind of end up in a little altercation until Rhea Ripley breaks it up. And then ultimately all three of the damage, uh, sorry, whoops, the Judgment Day people are going to kick Damien Priest out of Judgment Day. And this will lead to Damien Priest rivalry with the Judgment Day for the next few months, keeping him out of the championship reign. Still holding that briefcase, but keeping him out of it. That's what I feel is going to happen. I I honestly feel that Damien Priest is going to be out of Judgment Day. It may not happen this week, but I see it happening very, very soon. So, see if I'm right. We'll see. Uh, This match was a four stars. The World Heavyweight match. Good match. But, in saying that, it's nothing that I'm going to remember. It's nowhere near a Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker WrestleMania 25 level match. Speaking about good matches, we have the main event, Bloodline Civil War. Now, me and Robert Hungry... We're talking about this before this match happened, and Robert said some interesting words. He said that this story is drawn out, and I couldn't disagree more. I think that this story is being perfectly written. From the start to the middle to where we are right now, I think this is, this whole Bloodline story has been perfectly written. At the moment, right now, we are, we are far from the end, by the way, far from the end. At the moment, how this match ended up happening, I thought that they were going to do a little more. But now, as I sit here, a few hours after the event is finished, I see why they didn't. They announced when Roman Reigns was coming to the ring that he hasn't been pinned or submitted since December 15th, 2019. And when I heard that, when I heard them say that, two things came to mind. The first one being, huh, they're mentioning that. Why? Second thing that came to my mind is, they've mentioned that before, and Roman has still won. So at, there was one side of me that was like, Usos are going to win this. And then there was another part of me that thought, no, it's, it's Roman. Roman doesn't lose. Well, unfortunately, Roman does lose because I had Roman and the uh, and Solo winning this match. Unfortunately, I was wrong because the Usos, well, Jay Uso in particular, has given Roman his first pin since 2019, which is crazy. He hasn't been pinned uh, in three years, almost three years, whatever. But that is that is crazy. 
No, it's, sorry, it's over three years. Yeah, my apologies. Over three years, he hasn't been pinned or submitted. That is insane. And Jay, Us- Jay Uso is the first to do it. Which then leads me to the question of SummerSlam. Roman Reigns comes out to the ring with three different championships. He has the, the big gold W, and he still has the uh, the other two belts around Paul Heyman. And he hasn't defended those titles since WrestleMania. SummerSlam, he's going to need to defend those titles. And if he doesn't, the fans are going to get pissed off. They're already pissed off. But if he doesn't defend those championships at SummerSlam, oh boy. I I honestly feel like something, like nothing will happen. Obviously, it's not going to riot, but it's going to get to the point where people are going to lose interest. They really are. Roman needs to defend these championships, but is Jay Uso the guy that he defends those titles from? It's interesting. I feel it has to be. If they're going to continue this rivalry with the Usos, at the same time, I don't know if they are. Because I don't... I don't... In a perfect world, in a perfect world, my my ideal, my dream um, way for Roman to lose the championships is, let, let's, let's say it's SummerSlam, right? Hypothetically, let's say that Roman loses the championship at SummerSlam. The way I would do it is come next week, this coming SmackDown, Roman Reigns said to the Usos, you beat me. You did it. I f- I'm sorry for what I did to you. Let's call it even. We're a family. We need to be a stable unit. And they get back together. The Usos forgive Roman and say, no, we're good. We're good. We're all family. Then out comes whoever challenger it might be. I don't know. For this argument, let's say it's um, first person that comes to mind, Brock Lesnar. Let's say it's Brock Lesnar. SummerSlam comes, Brock Lesnar versus... Roman Reigns, and the Usos show their real true colors and superkick Roman, giving him the loss against whatever superstar. My problem with Jay or Jimmy winning the championship is that they're tag guys. And I like I, everyone that Roman's come in front of from Edge to Daniel Bryan to Braun Strowman to Kevin Owens to even stupid fucking Cody Rhodes. Actually, sorry, not not to Cody Rhodes. Um, even Sami Zayn, I was meant to say. Um, all these people here I could see holding the championship. But Jay Uso or Jimmy Uso, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that because if you have Jimmy, let's say, let's say if you have Jimmy winning the championship... Where does that leave Jay? If you have Jay winning the championship, where does that leave Jimmy? You know, are we then going to have this rivalry between the two Usos for the championship? Could be. It could be a great way to continue the bloodline story. Could be. I don't know. I don't know. Either either way, so far, the bloodline story has not let me down. I don't see it being drawn out. I'm loving each and every moment of it. I don't find it predictable, even though some people think it is predictable, but those people are old and uh, have been around the world for way too long and think they know everything. Scott Crawford. So this match here, I'll give it, I'll give it this. It, it started off slow. It needed time to breathe. And I appreciate that they did that. I appreciate that they, at first, were standoffish with one one another because this is what this is what the whole match was. It was a story. At first, they kind of hesitant about about hitting each other, and then as the match progressed, they just went at it, and we saw some really cool moments. We saw Jay Uso doing um doing the rock fists where he spits into his hand and, and punches again. I thought that was a really cool thing. Um, the crowd in this match were funny as fuck. There was, there, was, there was a chant saying, if you hate Roman, stand up. And everyone started standing up. Roman was great saying, 
Right? <laughs> I heard Roman go, England are the worst. They're a bunch of idiots. <laughs> I thought that was fuck. It's so it's little minute things like that that just make it so much more entertaining. You know, with MJF screaming "What the fuck!" before getting slammed. It's things like that that make wrestling great. Overall, man, this was a decent match. I'm not going to sit here and say it was the best match of the night. It wasn't, but story-wise, definitely was. So I give it a 3.5 stars. And that is your Money in the Bank review. Overall, good show. Wasn't the best, wasn't the greatest. I'm not there going, holy shit, you guys have to watch this pay-per-view right now. It's nothing like that, but overall, I enjoyed my time with it. Am I happy that I woke up and watched it live? Yeah, I am. So, that leads us to the prediction papers. And I've got the papers right here. I am your reigning defending champion at the moment. So, how we're going to do this is I'm going to announce it how I always announce it, from the bottom to the top. The person with the lowest amount of scores, I'll announce first, and then I won't stop until I hit the winner. Now, before I start this... I have to address Forbidden Door from a few weeks ago. When was it? Last week or something? Uh, Scott Crawford from the Bullet Club Old thought he would be a real good champion, uh, wannabe champion, and uh, make his own scorecard. And uh, I applaud. we, we got to give Scott credit where credit's due. Even though I hate him and he's a stupid, stupid stinky uh, Detroit American guy that uh, thinks he can win my championship but never will. I have to give him credit where credit is due because he did a great job making a scorecard. It was a lot of fun actually doing a scorecard and not have to worry about marking it or anything like that. So, Scott, we thank you. We applaud you. And we came to an agreement that the winner of that gets two extra points. And that person that won that was none other than Robert Hungy from the Bullet Club Old. So, Robert, you had two points for money in the bank. But the thing about Robert Hungy is he no showed. Robert Hungy no showed his own event. And look, I'll also be a nice champion and give credit where credit is due. Robert Hungry is actually one of my biggest competitions because he's always up there in points. And if he had those two extra points, he probably could be standing here as the new champion. But he no-showed, so oh well. I spoke to Robert about this, and I said to him this, because I'm such a nice and caring guy, and I, I'm a fighting champion, even though Scott doesn't think I am, I, humble as I am, will give Rob the option to carry those two points onto the next pay-per-view, which is SummerSlam, coming into us on August 5th. Rob, this is your last chance. If you don't give me your points, your predictions in for SummerSlam, your two points are null in void. I'm being a nice guy here, dude. I'm doing the best for you, giving you a chance to win my championship, even though it won't mean shit, but I'm doing the best for you. Come and take it off me. I'm begging you, baby. I'm sick of carrying around this gold. It's getting heavy. So, <laughs> Zach Davis also winning money in the bank. He uh, he has the two extra points. I messaged him and said, do you want to cash these two extra points in on this pay-per-view? I didn't tell him what score he got. For all he knows, he could be winning it right now. But Zach declined and said, no, he's going to hold on to his money in the bank briefcase and uh, use it for a sunny day. So here we go. The scorecard is out of 25 points. Coming in last is the guy that took the bullet for me. My fucking beautiful member. We have Alan Cha-Cha coming in with a score of 11. Thank you, Alan, for always being my bodyguard. Coming in next with a tie. Oh, shit. No, I apologize. I fucked up. I fucked up. Let, let's start again. Let's start again. Do the Wayne's World Rewind. Coming in last with a score of 10 
we have <laughs> the leader of the Bullet Club old, Scott Crawford. Oh, <laughs> boo fucking who. The guy that claims that he's going to beat me and become the new champion. Oh, Scotty Crawford, you, uh, you really sucked, man. You really did bad. You only got a score of 10. Well, come on, man. What the fuck, dude? Uh, so, Scott, tough luck, champ, but uh, you got nothing on the rest of us. So, Scott Crawford got a score of 10. Coming in next was Allen with a score of 11. Coming in next with a tie and a score of 12, we have two other Bullet Club members. Zach Davis and Elsie. <laughs> Doing my fucking best Seth Rollins impression right now. I, I can see why he does it now. It's fun to laugh at the Bullet Club old as Seth Rollins. <laughs> yeah, Bullet Club old. <laughs> Bullet Club old ain't got shit. And uh, if my if my corrections are correct, Trucker Trent and Robert Hungy didn't give me tips. So that leaves the Bullet Club completely dry, baby. You ain't got shit. You ain't got nothing. So, that leaves myself, my NWO mate, Jordy Van Vuglis, Paul fucking Lindsay, and Don Anelli as the last remaining four-way. Alright, coming in next, with a score of 17, we have... Donanelli. Donanelli with a score of 17. Also coming in with a score of 17, we have Paul fucking Lindsay. Dude, you did well. Paul did pretty good this time. Next up, with a score of 17, another 17, we have Jordy Van Vuklas. And finally, the last person, myself, with a score of <laughs> 17. Me! Which leads to a four-way tie, which then, as per the rules of the Dummies of Wrestling podcast, if there is a tie, the champion retains. Ladies and gentlemen, I am still your reigning, defending, universal Dummies of Wrestling NWO champion, Hollywood, Tim Davis. That's right, baby. The belt's still on me. The Bullet Club old couldn't get the job done. How does it feel, man? How does it feel? How does it feel to lose once again? Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm holding this title hostage and I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it, man. Oh, it feels good to be champ. It feels good to be me, you know? I, I, you don't know because you guys aren't holding the title, but I am here once again, as always, as champion. Yes, yes. Hey, you're welcome. You love me. I get it. You love me, and and, uh, and I appreciate it. But NWO is still <laughs> is still here, and I'm loving it. And it's great because unlike Scott Crawford, I didn't have to cheat. It just all worked in my favor. I didn't have to get two extra points. I didn't have to uh, bogus up the scorecard to get my Bullet Club old mate to win. <coughs> um, I won by myself. All by myself. I didn't need anyone else. I didn't need anything else to get me to retain my championship. I did it by myself because I am Hollywood Tim Davis. And the NWO much like my championship around my waist, is for life. Oh. Next up, we have SummerSlam. And I predict, I predict that there is going to be some bad blood, not, with, not just with WWE, but with this podcast. I feel there's going to be some bad blood going into that. And it's going to be an all-out brawl. So, SummerSlam, let the games continue. NWO versus Bullet Club old. We need to put this baby to rest, man. Even though I kind of just did. I kind of proved to you old that I kind of proved to you all that NWO reigns supreme and Bullet Club old shouldn't be seen. <laughs> I love it. That's a good that's a good slogan. I got to keep that. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your Money in the Bank 2023 review. 
I am still your champion. I'll take a bow, even though you can't see me. I'm bowing right now. Bowing to you. Because I am that good. Guys, check out LA Night's theme music. It's fucking great. On that note, good night.